This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. You say you got a uh, horse racing story for us, Jim? Yeah, we like going to the casino every once in a while and doing a little betting here, but I've never seen somebody make out like this. Uh, an unnamed guy in uh, Hallandale Beach, Florida, went to this place called Gulfstream Park, does a lot of horse racing. Mm-hmm. And he picked five different races, five different horses on a 50-cent bet. All of his horses came in first, so he put 50 cents down for all, like, that's it. And he covered five races with the 50 cents. He picked five horses. They all won, and with a 50-cent bet, he won $524,960. Or so, yeah, $524,000. Um, he picked five winners. They were all had ridiculous odds. Uh, one Obviously. was 30 to 1. One was 73 uh-huh. to 1. Another one was 34 to 1. <laughs> and his 50-cent picks was one of the biggest payouts in North American history. Ooh, that guy's the people's champ. Well, Can you imagine how excited you'd be? The best, worst part is, though, he's already in the whole $700,000 from the last 20 years, so he's barely breaking even at this point, I bet. <laughs> These guys, you know, they can't That's help themselves. That's not part of the story. No, I'm just you're assuming. Just, you're just assuming that I'm he's just got assuming. some gambling debts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a Florida man. You're picturing, man. You're picturing uh, Adam Sandler from Uncut Gems, right? <laughs> he's need one more big <laughs> win. So desperate to hit. Come on, I'm hit. Give me a couple days. Shabaraka ding dong. <laughs> yeah, people people be betting on things, man. <sighs> I mentioned, was it yesterday I said they're betting on uh, shark migration right now because yeah. of the lack of sports? So people who usually make money betting on sports are betting on shark migration. I actually pulled up an article because I, I wanted to know exactly how this works. Great white sharks are a highly migratory species based on pings from the sharks. Uh, Websites will offer gamblers a variety of ways to place bets, such as how far a shark will travel between pings, whether a shark will enter a certain body of water, and what date a shark will ping next. So I guess there's a lot of sharks out there that have been tagged, and they just watch these pings. (laughs) <laughs> depending what? on where the shark goes, you win money. Imagine if you lost your house to a shark bet. <laughs> you know, like, I really yeah. thought the great white was going to do it for me. Oh, man. Uh, I lost, uh, honey, I lost the house uh, betting on a shark. Oh, what was it, like a pool shark? Did you lose playing playing billiards? No, no, an actual shark. <laughs> Not a lone shark. No, a it lone was a shark. shark. No, it was a, an actual shark. Now we need to move. <laughs> <laughs> it's Taz and Jim. Is it possible that the Canadian hub city for the NHL is not going to be Toronto, but in fact Edmonton, Alberta? How about this, Jim? The Premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney, pushing hard for Edmonton to be the uh, the site of the NHL games in this country when okay. play resumes. Now, not a sexy pick, you know? It's not the sexy uh, l- locale that Las Vegas is. Yeah. Las Vegas is going to be the U.S. hub city. 
Um, I, I know Alberta and Edmonton especially. It kind of one of those those hidden gems. It's not the the vacation destination that pops into people's heads when they first start thinking about taking a trip. But you got to look at the COVID nineteen cases, and if I was a player, that would be my priority. It's like, okay, what are my chances of catching it in, in this yeah. city compared to this other city? And your your chances of catching it in Edmonton are a lot lower than they are in Toronto right now, without a doubt. I think Toronto and Montreal are the worst places to be. So why would that be on the list of go to spots? It's crazy. Vancouver is another option. Um, some people are saying, well, you can't do it in Edmonton because the time difference, the games would be starting at weird times. Uh, but I don't think that that should be the concern. Why can't they just start at whatever time? Just start yeah, at whatever time. Games? There's no, there's no there's fans no, anyway. There's no fans, right. Right. Exactly. Centralized so time, start the games earlier. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I, I bet you the player who's most excited is Connor McDavid. Uh, not because he gets to stay home, but because he can go, look what I've been dealing with. At you rest of these NHL. Yeah, you understand? <laughs> you understand why I'm not happy? Why I've been not winning any championships? Why I've been m- moping about? Why I look like I don't sleep? Because I'm in Edmonton. Uh... Yeah, the the hotels uh, around the arena, they're saying that they could retrofit them, do walkways from hotels into the arena that are completely covered to protect the players. And really, they got to make player safety number one because all it takes is for the league to lose one player to COVID-19, and it'll be a real bad look on them, right? Yeah, I mean, even Austin Matthews testing positive is a little bit of a black eye. Edmonton is a possible uh, for the hub city for the NHL. Jim, what video game are you playing now? Uh, n- none. I'm playing I'm chess. Chess.com is what I'm playing as far as a video game. Wow. Good for you. So you're not on the PlayStation right now. Nah, not really. I, I bought the Final Fantasy VII remake, and that was one of my fave games, but I haven't really played it. You were playing it, and then you just kind of got bored. You forgot about it. It's if, The weather if started getting nice. Cons- yeah, if you don't stay consistent, you really do lose interest, don't you? And then well, it's yeah, tough and then you to forget where you were. It. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I started playing. The Last of Us 2 came out this week. Mm-hmm. Last of Us was a huge, huge PlayStation game, and uh, I hadn't played the original. I uh, got it for Christmas, started playing it, but I couldn't do it because it was too emotional. Have you played Last of Us? Yeah, it's really good. The first like five minutes of the game, though, that your daughter dies in your arms, and I was like, I, this is, I don't like this. Yeah, it was sad, man. It's like the saddest yeah, the whole video game. game I've ever played. And that's what they say. It's like it's like a movie. It's the most like a movie a video game has ever been. Kind of. That's what the critics say. So yeah, when it starts that way, you're like, "What am I? What is this?" But <laughs> it's good. It is very good. I don't want to say any more spoilers, but buckle up emotionally. I didn't make it very far into the game. I played like. 
two hours maybe. <laughs> and then I, this is not escapism. This is sadder than my real life. <laughs> you need Mega Man. <laughs> I want right. I want enemies with ice guns, and it needs yeah. to be in outer space. <laughs> Pac Man is is my style. Well, there is ghosts. You can eat all you want and never never gain weight. <laughs> yeah, but there's how do those ghosts die? Well, you can eat them. <laughs> and still well, not getting sad pasts. The uh, PlayStation 5's coming out, man. This thing is, they're saying it's a game changer. I feel like I just got my PlayStation 4. And yeah. now I've got to go get a PlayStation 5. How much better can these graphics get? Like, I haven't seen any any of the footage from the new PlayStation 5 stuff or anything, but I don't know how it could be any better. It looks pretty good. I saw some. It it looks a little bit better. Like the mouths kind of move when they talk a little bit better than they do on the PlayStation uh, Four. Uh, I don't know if I'll be first in line to buy one of these things, but uh, it's uh, it just makes you feel old when a new console comes out, right? <laughs> it's yeah. like another phase. It's the next generation, and by that, it's not. The next generation of console. It's the next generation of humans. That is going to be their, the console they grow up on. Like for that'll me, be their Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. See, you're a generation behind me. <laughs> I was, I was Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. That was the original NES. Was my main. That's when I think about a video game system and being excited on Christmas morning to open that box original nes was it for me and then you got the super nintendo sega genesis generation mm -hmm. your people jim mm -hmm. and then you moved uh, into the uh the playstations and yeah there'll be kids who are like oh man remember remember those old games halo like i was 20 when that... <laughs> remember that original video game yeah PlayStation 5 coming out this fall. Graphics are pretty sweet. Uh, may have to pick up one just so I don't feel like I'm obsolete <laughs> like my PlayStation 4. <laughs> this comes from the guy with pinball machines in his basement. How old is this guy? Yeah, I know. But I've had people over, younger people, they're like, oh, what are those things? They're called pinball machines? You've never heard of them? <laughs> no. Good time to do some superhero news here. Superhero movie news. This kind of came out of nowhere yesterday. Michael Keaton could be returning to the role of Bruce Wayne and Batman in the DC Cinematic Universe. Hmm. 68 years old. I'm sure 99% of people thought that Keaton's Batman days were... We're long behind him. But there are reports that he could be returning as the Cape Crusader in the new Flash movie starring hmm. Ezra Miller as the Flash. Even a 60-year-old Michael Keaton can't be worse than Robert Pattinson, so I'm excited, Taz. <laughs> the Robert Pattinson movie that's in the works right now is going to be a standalone, they're saying. Kind of like the Joker, where... Uh. They really messed up this whole DC Universe thing, didn't they? 
Marvel did such a great job tying everything together, and now mm-hmm. you, you don't know if you're going to see something that's part of something bigger, or is it uh, just a one-off? I, I guess comic books are kind of the same. If you go buy a comic book, sometimes the storylines intertwine from book to book. Other times, it's just a story. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could say that the DC universe is more like real comic books than the Marvel universe. Because yeah. not everything matches up. And after Marvel just crushed their universe, you almost don't want to try to go toe-to-toe. So maybe this is a strategy, too. Yeah, so the Robert Pattinson Batman movie is still going ahead. But uh, Flash, I don't know if you're a fan of the Flash, there's a lot of time travel stuff and multiple universes in Flash. He can run so fast that he can run through time. And uh, there's a storyline called Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is a huge, uh, huge storyline for Flash fans where there's... There's multiple versions of characters across different universes, and I think that's where they're going with Michael Keaton being in the in the mix here. He's going to be Batman in an alternate universe or in the future, in the past. Something. Flash is going to run really fast before he runs into <laughs> Michael Keaton. <laughs> Interesting though, I love Michael. Michael Keaton is my Batman. That's the the Batman. I in nineteen eighty nine. I went to the movie theater, saw that movie, changed my life. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. There is no uh, comment yet from Keaton, but uh, this this is a legit story. Legit sources. He could be returning to the role. He was great in the Spider-Man. Speaking of Marvel, he's been in a Marvel movie, the Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, mm-hmm. as the Vulture. He was, he was fantastic awesome. in that. Yeah. I I hope they should they should have in this one if it is the multiple universe thing they should have Ben Affleck, Christian Bale. Uh-huh. George Clooney with his nips, his Batman nips. They should they should put all of them in there somehow. <laughs> Anything's possible because they've done on the Flash TV show. Ezra Miller made a guest appearance as the Flash from another dimension. <laughs> of course, he played the Flash in the Justice League movie, which was yeah, uh, yeah. But he he showed up and was face to face with the Flash from the TV show, who's played by Grant Gustin, a different actor, and the two of them had a conversation. Uh, Flash mm. to Flash, Barry Allen to Barry Allen. So maybe there will be multiple Batmans in this uh, in this upcoming movie. And Michael Keaton's just one of them. Hmm. And they all fight to end the geek arguments once and for all. Who's the best Batman? (laughs) (laughs) They get Nicholson back as the Joker? (laughs) Yeah. That'd be amazing. Jim Carrey (laughs) and his leotards. Jim Carrey as the Riddler. (laughs) Uh, The new Flash movie featuring Michael Keaton will be out sometime. Uh, May have to travel through time before you get to a movie theater to see him. But uh, production... Is apparently underway on the new Flash movie. 
NASCAR senior official told me they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that whomever this is that did this is figured out. They're going to look at video and they made the decision immediately that they're going to investigate this to the fullest extent. Earlier this week, a noose was found hanging in Bubba Wallace, uh, NASCAR's only black driver's garage. He didn't see it. Bubba didn't see it. They took it down before uh, before he arrived. But uh, a secure garage only a, a handful of people had access to. Uh, the question is, who put it there? Uh, NASCAR now saying they're working with the FBI to mm. figure out who is behind that act and uh, if they when they find out if they find out that person is going to be completely uh, banned from the sport forever they will have no future in nascar and yesterday before the big nascar race you, you saw all the drivers the pit crews staff walking alongside uh, bubba wallace's car before the start of the race in a, uh, a show of solidarity. And it was a pretty, yeah, I'm, I don't think I've ever, uh, I've ever felt real emotion watching a NASCAR race like that before, Jim. But, you know, it was a pretty special moment. Bubba was, was choked up. Uh, he had to wipe a few tears away before he got out of the car. Everyone was chanting his name. And it was, uh, I'm sure for him, a, a nice show of support. Um, and then online you have people <laughs> just saying the most ridiculous stuff, just proving that racism is still a huge issue, mm-hmm, accusing of accusing Bubba of of all sorts of stuff that they have no evidence of, and it's, you didn't it's even really see it. sickening. Would, I know. Like you, yeah, yeah. I, there, there I, are people I, suggesting that maybe Bubba put it up there himself to get attention, which is ridiculous. You have zero evidence of that. Uh, let the investigators do their thing and and go from there. But you you weren't there, so how can you comment on what happened or what didn't happen? All we know is that NASCAR has confirmed there was a noose hanging in the garage. That had limited access. Staff and uh, and NASCAR team members, basically the only ones who had access to that area. I guarantee whoever did it is now like pooping themselves. The FBI is involved. You're like, oh, I hope they yeah. are. Yeah. Well, well, watching that yesterday, knowing that it was a limited number of people who had access, and seeing all the the pit crews and the other drivers and and staff members walking along Bubba's car, I was thinking to myself. It could have been one of these people who is walking now to show their their support and their solidarity because you can't you're going to be suspect number one if they say before the race we're all going to walk beside Bubba's car to show our support and then you're like nah I think I'm going <laughs> to yeah, sit I'm that good. one out yeah, right Yo, yeah no I'm not. so th- th- that was the creepy thing to me is in that group of people the culprit could have been walking alongside them. Just to cover his ass, right? Yeah. It's a pretty wild story. Bubba talked about uh, his feelings on the show of solidarity after after the race. The deal that happened yesterday, sorry I'm not wearing my mask, but I wanted to show whoever it was that you're not going to take away my smile. And uh, I'm going to keep on going. I've been a part of this sport for a really long time. The pre-race deal was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to witness in my life. From uh, all the supporters, from drivers, from crew members, everybody here. 
And NASCAR's looking to, to move in a, a new direction. And from a, an audience standpoint, it makes sense. You look at other sports, NBA, NFL, who are trying to go global. You know, there's a lot of cultures all over the world who potentially could embrace the sport, but you got to get the racism out of it before that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, F1 is international. You know, all everybody loves cars. I th- I hope NASCAR kind of gets more diverse. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.